You're listening to a podcast from DTB. Hi, and welcome to the DTB In This Issue podcast for March 2010, volume 48, issue number three. I'm Michael Allen, the editor and assistant on DTB, and here with me is Dr. Ika Hanacho, editor of DTB. Hi. First up in this issue, we have an editorial entitled A Risky Business. Can you explain more, Ike? Yes. One thing that has changed recently about the management of cardiovascular disease in the UK is that GP practices are now being rewarded for performing cardiovascular assessments in patients who present with hypertension. This editorial raises one concern about some of the data on which the uh, assessment tool is based. It uses what's called the framework and risk tool which is based on data from Framingham in the USA. We have concerns about whether this is the best data for basing risk assessment on, particularly now that there are data more specific to the UK in the form of something known as Q-Risk. Now, Q-Risk was uh, collated from data in GP practices in the UK. It has ethnic representations which are more applicable to the UK than Framingham uh, was and is and it's now being validated. So uh, we call really in the editorial for uh, the institution of Q-risk-based risk assessment rather than Framingham-based risk assessment as currently is recommended by NICE. Thank you, Ike. And the first article in this month's issue is entitled Using NSAIDs in Cardiovascular Disease. And here is Ike again to explain more. One of the things which has emerged about the use of NSAIDs is that they are associated with small increases in cardiovascular risk. This article looks at what risk uh, is attached to different types of NSAIDs uh, and really aims to give people practical advice about using NSAIDs, knowing about this risk, particularly what precautions need to be taken in people who already have cardiovascular disease. And did we manage to find enough evidence to to give some constructive advice on this? Yes, there is quite a lot of evidence now and increasing evidence all the time. Our feeling was, yes, that we could make some pretty clear-cut recommendations about when and how to use NSAIDs where there is a worry about cardiovascular risk. Great. Hopefully a useful article then. The next article in this month's issue is is for GPs and is entitled Managing Primary Hyperparathyroidism in Primary Care. Primary hyperparathyroidism is an interesting and common condition uh, in in primary care. It's caused by excess production of parathyroid hormone, uh, and that leads to hypercalcemia. One of the interesting things, though, is that quite often this condition is is asymptomatic and is only picked up on routine biochemical screening. So the focus of this article is really to talk about some of the problems which the condition can cause, how to identify the condition in the first place, and what further management patients might need. And again, are we able to provide some useful information for GPs that may come across this condition in primary care? Yes, well, we hope that the advice we provide is helpful. Um, The key aspects of managing patients are, first of all, to be alert to the possibility of the condition, uh, particularly in somebody who is found to have hypercalcemia, uh, to know what further investigations might be needed, uh, and to know what the options are in terms of management. For example... Uh, whether a patient might need referral for surgery or whether they might be managed more conservatively in primary care. Thank you. And the the final article in this month's issue is on the use of body surface area for adjusting drug doses. 
One of the problems with deciding what dose of drug a patient needs is that there are some circumstances in which it's absolutely crucial to take that individual person's circumstances into account in terms of their body composition or how they metabolise the drug. The difficulty, though, is that there has been, in the past, controversy about how to measure body surface area. It's not the easiest thing to, to measure. But also, perhaps more importantly, whether body surface area is a parameter which helps you to decide the dose. The purpose of this article really is to review the background to the use of body surface area as a, a factor which should be taken into account to discuss some of the ways that it can be calculated and how they compare with each other and also to talk about some of the circumstances when body surface area does and doesn't help in terms of judging what dose a patient needs. And um, To me this seems like quite a confusing area. It seems very difficult to know when to use body surface area and what to use it for and really whether or not it's actually worth using. Does this article help cut through some of this confusion? Well, we'd hope so. Um, that certainly was one of the the drivers towards the article, a, a sense that we had that people probably had heard of body surface area um, for this use, but were unclear about, first of all, how to calculate it, how to assess it, but also the value of using it in terms of something to secondarily calculate drug dose. So, yes, very much the intention of the article is, is to clarify that area for people who don't have a, an in-depth knowledge of, of this particular subject. Thank you, Ike, and thanks for listening. To read these articles and more, please visit dtb.bmj.com. For more information about this programme and other BMJ Group podcasts, go to podcasts.bmj.com. <laughs>